Huh. Wait, I know you want me, nigga. I can't go nowhere without my strap, that's only right huh. Just to spin his block, I tell my spinner, spin a night huh. He can't pop no perkies cause his shit ain't tight huh. Logo pop your top and then we book his ass for flight huh. I've been robbing, stealing all my fucking life huh. Still I pray to God cause the shit I did ain't right I've been banging out there with them poles on my life Still I pray to God because the shit I did ain't right Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. I'm here with my co-producer, Small Town EP. Gang, what's good? What's good? How you doing, man? Another week, another year. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Happy New Year, Happy New Year to yourself. Um, Facts, yo. You as well, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, hopefully you was around some family and some love, you know, bringing in a new year. Likewise to all my, all our listeners, um, we hope that, you know, everybody was able to be around some positive vibes and, and good energy. It's always Absolutely. good to bring in a new year that way. Um, I've I've been on the side of bringing in a new year on bad vibes, and I don't know. It just it's just not it. You know, you always want to be in, in good spirits around the holidays and and New Year. So, with that being said, it's Tuesday. Uh, well, technically, it's Tuesday. It's just after midnight here on the East Coast. Um, yes, sir. But it's the third day of the year, right? And we're, we're we're removed from the holidays. We're removed from New Year's, so we kind of back to business and uh, back to growth. With that being said, we had an amazing weekend of football, college football specifically: Ohio State versus Georgia, Michigan versus TCU. Those were two games that were historic. They were two games that <clears throat> were to be remembered, uh, and. There was actually two questionable calls or non-calls, I should say, those non-targeting calls that um, could have swayed that game, you know, in different ways, more so in the TCU-Michigan one than the Ohio State-Georgia one. But at the same time, it was crazy to see, you know, over 40 points per team in each of those games. Like, what were we expecting? I was expecting uh, OSU-Georgia there was a part of me that expected Georgia to to take this by like a eight, nine, ten point win and not be on the cusp of a loss. Um, however, you know, they fought to the end and you gotta give credit where it's due. They were mm-hmm. able to uh they were able to really, you know, come out with the energy and the offense and <clears throat> and that defense, you know, <laughs> on the other hand. They let C.J. Stroud, who who put up an impressive, impressive uh, game, four touchdowns, 340 yards uh, on 23 completions. Georgia's defense hadn't let a quarterback look and feel that comfortable all season, right? So that's got to improve his stock when I say C.J. Stroud. And uh, NFL execs and and front office guys got to know that he stepped up in big times because his last big game versus uh, Michigan kind of he kind of came out on the wrong side of that one, and, and everybody was thinking like, well, you know, he showed this, that, and experienced this, that. So um, it was it was nice to see C.J. Stroud put his team in position to go to Facts. the college football playoff national championship. Unfortunately, the kicker missed what was like a forty-nine to fifty-yard 
field goal. And, you know, you don't want to put that field goal on him because Georgia's offense was walking down the field on Ohio State's defense. And Stetson Bennett, you got to give him credit with almost 400 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw that interception. And that was just a result of, you know, pressure and making a bad decision. But other than that play, like he came out and he showed why he was in a Heisman candidate this year. So you got to put respect on his name and on Stroud's name, two great quarterbacks, obviously Stroud more, or I should say Bennett more on the college football spectrum. Whereas, you know, Ohio state's quarterback is going to be a top five pick in this, in this year's draft. He should be at least. Um, Yeah. But it was, it was just a lot of good football being played on, on both sides. And, you know, guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. going for five catches, 106, two touchdowns, and he got hurt early in the third quarter, right? He didn't even get to play uh, those final minutes of the game where, you know, he could have helped his team to a win. But there was a lot of clutch play. You know, Julian Fleming had some had some good grabs, and C.J. Stroud showed that he can take off and run. He's not a running quarterback. However, he is mobile. He answered those questions when the pocket breaks down and collapses he threw a touchdown on one of those passes yeah which was beautiful which was probably like play of the year-esque uh plays and if they won the game i think we'd be talking about it a little more how he got that ball off but we saw late in the game where he was able to evade pressure and uh and uh run for a big first down lower his shoulder and you know drive through a defensive back then you were also able to see on the last play that he was in there was pressure. They were throwing the ball, and there was pressure, and he could have got sacked. Like another unathletic quarterback could have taken a sack there, but he was able to get out of that and throw the ball away so that they could kick the field goal. Again, they missed the field goal. Georgia survives. Mm-hmm. It just felt like Georgia's destiny at this point, and I don't want to count TCU out. However, based on what we did see in that TCU-Michigan game um, from Max Duggan particularly, I don't think that – that offense is going to be able to overcome Georgia's defense because, for one, I don't believe Georgia lets two straight opponents put up 35-plus on them. And, um, frankly, I don't think TCU is 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 equipped enough for the physicality and the level of talent that Georgia has. You know, we're talking about two first-round picks on that defense, Keely Ringo and Jalen Carter, um, and, and more talent around that. So going to that uh, Michigan-TCU game, Man, it was funny. Going into it, J.J. McCarthy heard about TCU saying they wanted him to beat them with his arm. And then he put out a quote, and it was like, you know, that's like a ASMR video. It's like music to my ears. I'll show them. He comes out, and on his first drive, I think they go – I think they got stopped on fourth down at the goal line. And then TCU Damn. goes three and out, and then Michigan throws a pick six. So I think uh, Michigan threw two pick sixes that game. And it was just a, it was a long day for them. As much as, you know, they did score 45 points. They were down to the wire. They had a chance to win on the last drive. It, it just wasn't ever their game. They came into it. The momentum was shifted early to TCU side. They went up 21-3 fast. And, and it felt like Michigan was just playing you know, keep up and then come from behind, keep up and come from behind. And you can only do that for so long to where if your defense isn't getting stops on the other side, 
you know, there was a few times where they did get stops, but it's just hard to look at it. Um, you know, when you got 51 points on the board because your defense also did put up 14 points for you. So, like I said, Max Duggan going 14 to 29, 225, two touchdowns and two interceptions versus Georgia, you know, he's going to have to clean that up big time. And they were able to run for 150 yards or their starting running back, Amari DeMarcado, was able to run for 150 yards on less than 20 carries. So you got to give that credit there as well. But you figure Georgia's defense, and this is me, you know, taking a look at everything that I've seen all season and uh, TCU coming from being a 5-7 and team to now in the college football playoff national championship, you have to give the credit. Like, they deserve to be here. They, they beat everybody on their schedule. They had to. They only lost one game all season. Uh, but guess what? They're here, and they're going to play the elite of the elite, <laughs> who we all thought was going to be the champion to start the season. They're there, mm-hmm. the Georgia Bulldogs, and this is TCU's chance to shock the world. So, you know, am I going for them? Not necessarily. I don't I don't really care who wins this game. It would be nice to see that up, uh, upset, but – uh, at the end of the day, I, I, I want to see, you know, a, a good college football playoff final. Um, and I'd like to see the season go out with a bang because the semifinal was probably the best semifinal uh, weekend since we've had this new playoff format. And the Rose Bowl yeah, 2018, when Baker Mayfield was at OU and Sonny Michelle was at Georgia, that was an amazing game. That was probably one of the best bowl games of all time. However, these two games did, you know, did a lot to uh, to to either overtake that or argue with that. So, I mean, that was just my my opinions from college football semifinal weekend. I'm not sure if you had anything to chime in on it, um, but but it was fun for me. Uh, it was exciting. I'm excited for this national championship game. I do think, uh, like you mentioned, that TCU just won't be able to hang on. Georgia with the points, if you ask me, but um, Georgia with the points. Georgia with the points, but I, I hope it's exciting. I think that uh, the playoff. I think a lot of people had reservations of the playoff when it was first kind of introduced, and now we're seeing what how you know they're making it work and they're making it exciting and and you and know, they're expanding it's, it's, it. You know, it's going to be yeah, absolutely soon enough. So yeah, everything is a work in progress, and and it's always going to get greater later, as they say. You know. Seldom times are there are there when when something new as a product or as a as a committee or something like that is is introduced and it's just like perfect hit you know like iPhone yeah <laughs> we'll give Steve Jobs his credit there you come out with something like that you know there's no way anybody's gonna feel opposed to that but um, then again it's like once you go through that first year or two of the the new iPhone it's like you start to look for improvement. Well, how can we get better? How can you fix this? Oh, well, they didn't do this good enough. So um, year in, year out, we, we get that with the football playoff. But I think we're going to see it trend in a, in a more positive way. We're going to have more teams, more meaningful bowl games, and and um, maybe we'll have less players who are draft eligibles you know, sitting out. We might see uh, more players want to play for their team. And a big thing this weekend we saw was – in the Sugar Bowl, Alabama quarterback and presumably top quarterback of the draft, Bryce Young, went for 15 of 21, 320 yards and five touchdowns, right? Um, they also have a top five talent coming out of this year's draft, coming out of you know college this year for the draft, and Will Anderson, outside linebacker, 
and both of them chose to play this game. And I'm not the type of person that like, oh, I think all college kids should play their bowl games. You know, why are you going to sit? Like, I'm totally for a guy wanting to sit out and make sure that he's going to get the bread that he deserved uh, or is deserved uh, because he, he has put in the time and the work and the effort all season long for X amount of seasons with his program. I think college kids are entitled and they do deserve to sit out of a bowl game because Absolutely. at the end of the day, it's, 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 it's quote unquote meaningless, especially if it's like you, you really have this injury potential, you know, not worth it. If you ask me, um, I do want to stop real quick and, and just kind of pause to, uh, to acknowledge, you know, we, what we saw today and anybody that was watching, uh, Monday night football bills, at Bengals, it was a highly anticipated game. It's like two of the top AFC teams, and and every it started off exciting. Exciting. Uh, Joe Burrow threw a touchdown on the first drive, and then the Bengals, or excuse me, the Bills, you know, rushed downfield, and they're in position to score. Um, but it all came crashing down when safety Demar Hamlin for the Bills collapsed on the field and had to receive CPR, and then was transported to a local hospital, you know, it was, it was a very scary site, a very sad site. Um, it was chilling. It, it was eerie. The whole stadium was silent. Players on both sides were emotional and it, the faces that they were making were like, they just received some bad news, you know, and, and every, anytime you see a player first and foremost go down with an injury, obviously it's football and we're numb to it to an extent, but when it comes to, okay, now the medical staff is out for more than five minutes with this player or four minutes, like we, we start to like, uh, you know, our mind goes somewhere else. And we're like, okay, wait, this isn't just, and when I say just an ACL, it's not like somebody tears their ACL and it's, they just tore their ACL, but it's, that's like a normal injury in football. You know that they just, now it's unfortunate. They got to go through this process and have surgery and they'll be back in, you know, 12 months, whatever the case is. This, when it's a head injury, like we saw earlier this year with Tua Tagovailoa on the same Bengals field, whether it's, uh, you know, um, spinal, chest, anything internal that, you know, a doctor can't just tell you, hey, you know, your knees popped out of place. Hey, your fingers jammed. It, 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 it stops and, and makes, it makes you stop and think for a second and puts life into perspective and you kind of you kind of start looking at these guys without their helmets, and you're like, you know, this is a human, and he's a gladiator. He's going and playing this game that he's getting paid millions of dollars for. Yeah, but at the end of the day, this is high risk, high reward situation. And uh, frankly, everybody there has a family. You know, every 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 man mm -hmm. playing in the NFL has a mother and a father, right? Uh, and, and then on top of that, they might have children, they might have a spouse, they might have brothers and sisters. So there's just so much that uh, gets affected when one thing happens, you know, the butter, butterfly effect thing. And it's crazy that I'm saying this because yesterday, I don't remember, I don't remember where I was, what I was watching exactly, but I was just listening to, oh, I was actually listening to, shout out to Van Lathan and Jamil Hill. They do a podcast on The Ringer. It's on Spotify, but um, it's for The Ringer, and it's uh, it's an episode. It's about The Wire, so they do episode-by-episode episode breakdown. You feel me? 
So nice. you should tune in. That's fire. Um, I'm yeah, definitely yeah, tapping yeah. in. Yeah. So, but Van Lathan brought up this point of like the effects that one little thing has on so many people. And he brought up, you know, God rest his soul, pop smoke. And uh, when a superstar like that and somebody who's emerging in this space goes so fast, you know, he was like, think about, think about the chef he hired. Think about his driver. Think about, you know, things like that. The jobs that it, it created for people that are now, they're just back into this fishing pond of like, okay, well, where's work coming from now? Um, you know, getting back out to this football situation, you know, this guy has a family, you know what I mean? And we don't know how this affects the domino effect that it's going to have on the people around him. So I just want to say, you know, obviously from all things sports, uh, family, we, you know, wish him the best. We send our prayers and, and our regard, uh, to the Hamlin family. And we hope to hear good news before, I guess we go to sleep tonight, but, um, I'm not sure we'll get that. Hopefully early morning, we'll, we'll hear some report that he's doing fine. Um, but we are, we are thinking of him and, uh, I don't think anybody's worried about the outcome of that game at all. You know, like Facts. everybody just definitely focused on, on the health and, and safety of uh, DeMar. So with that being yeah, said, absolutely. I want to go back out to the uh, college football playoff and um, or, or bowl games in, in general and just kind of run down. You know, we saw – Iowa was able to beat Kentucky 21-0. Obviously, Will Levis, you know, sat out. He's another quarterback prospect that uh, is presumably a top-five pick, um, depending on how Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, you know, where they land. Um, But, yeah, we didn't figure UK would have a good game without their star quarterback. Uh, But we also saw Clemson (laughs) take a fat L to Tennessee, and Tennessee doesn't have their – Heisman uh, front runner at one point of the season, Hendon Hooker, until he tore his ACL, they were still able to beat Clemson 31-14. So as a Hurricanes fan, that felt good. Notre Dame and South Carolina was a really (laughs) good game. (laughs) 45-38 final for Notre Dame. Pittsburgh beat UCLA late on a field goal. Uh, Florida State was able to beat Oklahoma by three in the Cheez-It Bowl. And then games like today, we saw LSU totally dismantled Purdue. I mean, 63 to 7, you know. Jeez. And they only had, they had three passing, they had five, uh, four passing touchdowns within three different quarterbacks. So, pretty impressive there. Pretty nah, impressive that's there. Absolutely amazing. And Penn State was uh, able to uh, upset Utah, who Utah beat USC to get to this Rose Bowl, Penn State was able to upset them 35-21. And uh, speaking of USC, with the uh, Heisman, Caleb Williams, they took an L today. Tulane, it was like a seven, it was like 40 seconds left on this drive. And basically, I watched the final drive. Tulane was able to um, hang on to a touchdown that bobbled out this guy's hand and never hit the ground. He caught it. They went up one and the rest is history. So shout out to uh, college football, you know, bowl season. It's, it's always fun around this time of the year. It's holidays. It's love. It's football. It's it's crucial. Um, so so that leaves me with, with nothing to be 
uh, I, I forgot how that term goes. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, let's turn our attention to Donovan Mitchell and the 71 points EP. He did it. This is a guy that the Miami Heat wanted, weren't able to obtain him, unfortunately. And that's okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers obviously found them what they wanted. They got two seven-footers. They got two guards under 6'5", and it's working out. So, I mean, do you have any words for this Donovan Mitchell performance? I mean, well, I would say one of the one of the greatest performances that we've seen in our lifetime. I mean, to score 80, 81, wow, 71 points off of, what was it, 34 attempts, um, two rebounds away from a triple-double. I mean, that's locked in, focused. He knew what he knew. First seventy ten game and, in NBA and history. It wasn't a blowout game necessarily until it got to like closer to overtime when it you know they started to separate themselves. So it it wasn't. I don't want to call it easy. Like you know, if it's a blowout, it's a little you know it starts right. to get a little more just fluid right. and like you know what I mean. But it was especially a blowout the whole when game. you're losing, <laughs> like Devin Booker versus the Celtics. Like the seventy points is impressive, and I'm not taking that away from him. But, you know, to your point, yeah, it wasn't a close game where Donovan Mitchell's getting quality shots up and, and you know, he put in – how many minutes did he play tonight? He played 50 minutes. So, shout out to him. He made seven threes. Again, like I said, it's the first 70-10 game in NBA history. So, yeah, when you – when yeah, I have to cut you off. And when you add in those 11 assists, you're single-handedly responsible for, at the very least, I'm just going to assume that most of them were two points, you know. So at the very least, you're responsible for another 93 points out of the 145 that your team scored. So, I mean, shout out, you know, shout out to that boy. Yep. We're literally seeing history being made. Like last week it was Luka Doncic with, with <laughs> uh, what was his stat line? 60, 20, and 10. We saw Zion Williamson. With a career night, 43 points, scored the final 14 points for the Pelicans in a win over uh, another MVP candidate, Joker. You know what I'm saying? And so right now, like, I I saw a tweet. Shout out to uh, Dragonfly Jones. He was like, this year we have so many. He didn't say exactly this, but he was alluding to the fact that the shelf of how many individual performances there are, like top performer of the year so far. Like, there's so many. There's so many. And Luca's on that list one too many times. Tatum's on that list. Giannis is on that list. Mitchell is on that list. You know what I mean? Devin Booker is on that list. So, and LeBron James just, just put up 47 for his birthday the other day. Turned 38 years old. So, I mean, NBA is in a great, great place right now. Uh, John Morant is, is doing John Morant things. You know what I mean? So, I'm excited for uh, this, this push that we're going to get pre-All-Star break, because pre-All-Star break, it's still it's still at a point where, like, teams are – some teams are still finding, you know, their identity yeah. right now. And then we're going to have the fall-off teams where it's like, okay, they weren't able to sustain that. I think we're going to see that with the Kings going into February. And then as the season kind of dwindles on, it's, it's not going to be as promising and pretty as it started off to be. And I'm not trying to discredit them, but I, I don't think they're – they're ready for a whole 82 game season. Like people forget we're just in January. You know what I mean? Yes. So, uh, but, but it's going to shape Still itself. Five up. months of basketball. What's, what's very surprising in a 139 to 103 blowout, the Brooklyn Nets are sitting at 25 and 12 and they've won 12 straight games. 
And nobody wants to talk about this. Nobody wants to talk about this. And guess what? Nobody. You know what their seat is right now? Take a guess, E. No, no, no. Take a guess. <laughs> Take a guess? All right. Take a um, guess. Where are they seated in the Eastern Conference right now? Top three? Two. <laughs> top three and, we, and not yeah. three? <laughs> yeah, not three. Not one. Boston is number one, and they are one game out of Boston. Brooklyn is sitting a game and a half over Milwaukee and Cleveland right now for second place. And put things into perspective, this season – has been exciting, as I said, and we've seen a lot of good basketball. A team like Boston, a team like Milwaukee have been on winning tears. But this Brooklyn team comes out of nowhere and wins 12 straight games. So 12 games ago, <laughs> 12 games ago, they were literally at 13 wins. They were at 13 and 12. Wow. They're sitting at 25 and 12 right now. 13 and 12. Wouldn't even well. Obviously, I don't want to do that now because the the time it wouldn't make sense. But thirteen wins, like jeez, jeez, that's all I can say about it. I mean, Kyrie Irving's been on a tear. Kevin Durant's been playing consistent all season, um, so you got to give them credit as well. And as much noise as people were making about the Nets, as far as you know, Steve Nash got to go. He got fired. Kyrie Irving and his anti-Semite comments. This, that, and the third. Does Kevin Durant even care about this team? All of that is out the window. Jock Vaughn got this team on the right course. Nick Claxton been playing good. Ben Simmons has been consistently just doing what he, he has to do to yeah. maintain. And the team is winning. You you, you yeah. go Watanabe shooting threes yeah. like crazy. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, so, they're getting great, uh, great play from the bench right now. Um I think TJ Warren went nine for 13 tonight, uh, 18 points, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that's quality minutes right there, man. Quality minutes. <laughs> also, quality. shout out to my boy, uh, my boy Jagger up in New York. He was at the game tonight, caught that Kyrie put back live. Um, he, uh, artist out of New York, does uh, the battle rap thing as well. He's uh, doing big things in, uh, in kind of that area of his career. So, uh, shout out to that boy. He got big things coming. Hell yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to the NYC love too, cause you know, you know, I'm out here too. You know what I'm saying? Gang, 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 gang. Um, man, so you know, NBA is in a fun spot right now. I don't want to get too into it. I will say just to update you guys, uh, the Lakers did beat the Hornets 121-115, and LeBron James the first went off for 40. <laughs> first of his name, <laughs> right? Yeah, 11 rebounds and six assists. And that's off 0 of 5 three-point shooting. Okay, guys? Um, All right. Another news, Hawks and Warriors are about to go to double overtime at 132. Look at that. What's Curry's, uh, what's Curry's stat line? Curry is not. Curry is not playing. Curry's hurt. Not I'm playing, yeah. We're tripping. Clay not Thompson playing. has 52 points off 20 <laughs> of 33 shooting, 10 of 18 from the three-point line. I say this again. Clay Thompson has 52 points right now. Okay, guys? Okay? Thanks. I, I was amazed. <laughs> that's why I didn't even know what to say. I, I had to nah, actually look fair. at the stat line again, and I was like, yo, that's tough. Like you were saying, great hands. Great hands the I, NBA is in. Hey, I, I went in the group chat, E, and shout out to Ray. Ray goes, Clay got 50. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shout out to him. Shout out to him. But look, man, um, we get we get enough about this NBA. I want to talk some football before we get out of here. We kind of recap what we saw yesterday, Sunday. Recap, you know, I already recapped what we saw tonight, uh, unfortunately. But the playoff picture in the NFL is is almost shaped out to be finished. But there are still still moving pieces. And when I say moving pieces, I mean a lot of moving pieces. Let's talk about the one seed, because your Chiefs, your Chiefs can clinch if they win and the Bills lose. Now, this is where it gets complicated. I don't want to do the one seed so much because tonight's game, Bills, Bengals, absolutely, it's yeah. postponed. So I, I'm not sure where this goes from here. However, the AFC South title, that game has been flexed to Saturday night, prime time, Jaguars, Titans. Trevor Lawrence has a shot to win and go to the playoffs versus Josh Dobbs, okay? Titans are starting <laughs> Josh Dobbs again, all right? So the Jaguars are technically in the playoffs. <laughs> Yo. And, hey, get, don't, don't get me wrong. This Titans team knows how to fight. They're experienced. They know what's on the line right now. They know that if they lose to Jacksonville, they'll miss the playoffs. Um, but this Jacksonville Jaguars team has no quit. They have a lot of talent. They're well coached. And guess what? Last year they spoiled the AFC South's own Colts playoff chances. They can spoil the AFC South's Titans playoff chances and make the playoffs this year. So I don't see why you would go against Jags' money line this week is all I'm trying to say. The Bengals can clinch, but again, the Bengals, that game didn't, didn't play out, so we have to we have to let that go. Uh, but this number seven seed wild card, this is where it gets this is where it gets interesting. Patriots can clinch with a win at Buffalo or a Dolphins loss and Steelers loss and Jaguars win. So the Patriots again, the Patriots will clinch if they win at the Bills or the Dolphins lose to the Jets and Steelers loss and Jaguars win. So if they win. They're in. But if they lose, they need the Dolphins to lose. They got to depend on people. Yeah. They need the Jets and Steelers to lose. And they need the Jags to win. So The Dolphins. Um, I'm... No, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. No, actually, I want to say what I want to say after you say what you're going to say. All right. right now. The, Dolphins the Dolphins can clinch with the win versus the Jets and the Patriots lost to the Bills. So, frankly, the Dolphins have a legitimate shot. We don't know if Tua Tagovailoa is going to be ready. We hope he is. Dolphins fans hope he is, but I don't think the Patriots are going to beat the Bills in Buffalo, and I do think the Dolphins have a good chance of beating this, this whatever you want to call these New York Jets as of the last four weeks. The bottom yeah. of the football team. Go ahead. I agree. Um, I, as a Chiefs fan, right, looking at the two seed right now, don't wouldn't know who I want to play in that first round personally. Like just being realistic, I don't want to play Bill Belichick in the first round in the AFC wild card game. Um and I kind of don't want to play I don't want to see Tyreek back <laughs> in Kansas City <laughs> the year after he left for a playoff game either because he is probably going to go off. And the Chiefs this year have been letting up passing yards like it's no one's business. Um so I don't even know who I would want to see in that first round if I do end up at the two seed. So listen here. 
and I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say this calmly. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady played in one of the best AFC championship games we've seen in recent years. That game went down to the wire, and frankly, it went down to were they offsides or not. <laughs> if you remember that, it was like I a, do. Offsides, right? Again, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. <laughs> We're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Mac Jones. And I understand you said Bill Belichick. It's the playoffs. It's Bill. I respect it. But we know what this Pats team is. That's we, fair. We know they are an extremely beatable team. We know that they don't throw the ball very well. We know they play really great defense at times, and they run the ball good. The Chiefs can overcome that. Fair. The Chiefs have nobody to stop Tyreek Hill. Nobody. And that's nobody in the NFL technically has anybody to stop Tyreek Hill. <laughs> that's a fact, though. But when you have someone on a team that we have no match for this versus a team with, one, a quarterback who's just decent, Mac Jones. And the only reason that they're in position to even make the playoffs is because of this Dolphins five straight, you know, five game losing streak they're on and the Jets fallout. So like, and both of them have to do with injury to quarterback. Meanwhile, yep. the Patriots are still standing with Mac Jones, who is their starting quarterback. And, you know, you love to see quarterbacks healthy, but what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I don't think you guys need to be where I think you would want to welcome the Patriots to Arrowhead Stadium for that wild card game. That's probably going to be the easiest AFC team if it's not a team like uh, the Steelers, right, or the Jaguars. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I definitely would rather see the Patriots than a healthy Dolphins team. Fair. Now, the Steelers still alive. If they win versus the Browns, and the Dolphins lose, and the Patriots lose, they're in. They just got to beat the Browns, Patriots got to lose, and the Dolphins could lose. And I'm not saying it's all going to happen, but I'm saying there's a big possibility of that happening. And guess what? At the end of the day, win or loss, if they win their game, Mike Tomlin, again, never under 500. Mm-hmm. So they're they're essentially playing for Mike Tomlin's perfect, you know, over 500 record of his career. And, and you got to love that. So uh, there's that. In the NFC, we can talk about the one seed because, you know, there was no implications today that had any effect on that. The Eagles can clinch with a win. First, the Giants. A Cowboys loss or tie at the Commanders. A 49ers loss or tie versus the Cardinals. And Jalen Hurts should be back this week. They're playing the Giants. Um, I don't assume the Giants are going to bench, not bench, but start Tyrod Taylor just because they know they clinched. You know what I mean? Um, I think yeah. that playing the Eagles in Week 18 is is an experience. I think it's a confidence boost if they go out and have success against them. It's something they need to see and feel because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be that intensity. It's going to be that. NFC East rivalry type of matchup where guess what? This is two playoff teams and we might see each other again. So this is great prep work right now for, uh, for the Eagles, uh, excuse me, for the Giants. 49ers clinch with a win. If the, if the Eagles lose, 
they clinched the number one seed. Um, so a win and an Eagles loss gets them the one seed. And then the Cowboys can clinch the one seed with a win, Eagles loss, and a 49ers loss. I don't see all that happening for the Cowboys. So there's that. Uh, but the NFC East title, Eagles will clinch with a win or a Cowboys loss and vice versa. Cowboys clinch with a win and an Eagles loss. So the, the Cowboys need to win and for the Eagles to lose to get number one. The Eagles just need to win or wait for the Cowboys to lose and they get the number Word. one. What's interesting to me is that we might see Aaron Rodgers in these playoffs again. And guess what? <laughs> the Packers have gone to back-to-back NFC Championship games. And that streak may remain. The fact that it's open, it's still open. It's still open. Where five weeks ago, we were not talking about this Packers team as a playoff team. We weren't talking about them as competing for a deep run and contention and things like that. We were laughing at them when they were Yeah, I was going to say, we weren't really even talking about them at all, to be honest. Nope. They were losing to the the Lions. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers can make all his money back if he gets this dub on Sunday night. They flex this game to Sunday night. Got to be excited. Got to. Lions at Packers in Lambeau Field. Now, Aaron Rodgers is known to choke in the playoffs from here and there, you know, time to time. He'll he'll do that. Last year wasn't wasn't a great showing in the playoffs uh, in the NFC Championship. So he's got a chance to redeem himself. However, he don't got his old buddy Devontae Adams over there, who, by the way, is making amazing plays in Vegas while Jared Stidham's the quarterback because they benched Derek Carr and told him to stay away from the facility for the next two weeks of the season, which in turn pissed off Devontae Adams and made him tell the reporters in the locker room, hey, listen, you don't have to ask me about this anymore, but I'm going to let you know Derek Carr is my guy. I came here for one reason. That was because of him. This situation happened. I'm not sure where we go from here, but I'm not happy with it. Boom. And I respect that. I respect that because guess what? He did go to Vegas for uh, for Carr. You know, he did recruit him over there. So, of course, he has the right to be upset and confused, uh, much like other teammates. Derek Carr is a great guy. You know, at the end of the day, he puts the work in. And it's a business. You got to understand that. You got to give another guy a try when it's not working. And guess what? Stidham got the start and almost won. And they almost beat the best defense in the league. And he threw, if I'm not mistaken, three touchdown passes uh, versus that, versus that uh, 49ers defense. So, and I want to fact check myself because I think he was the first quarterback or one of the only quarterbacks to throw three touchdown passes versus that defense all year. And yeah, he did. He threw two picks as well, you know, in which, you know, you want to see some improvement there, but the three touchdowns were big and he played real poised football. So shout out to Stidham. But the Packers can clinch with a win. The Lions can clinch with a win and a Seahawks loss. Or a tie. They play the Rams. Uh, Or Packers and Seahawks loss. Or Packers and Rams Seahawks tie. So, you know, the Lions need a little bit of help, I'll say. Packers just got to win in there. Right? Yeah, the Lions don't score on the road. I don't see them winning in Lambeau. I don't see them winning, you know, with, with the season on the line. 
for Aaron Rodgers. Like, like <laughs> you know, if, if this ain't a playoff game, what is? You know what I mean? And if Aaron Rodgers loses this game versus a divisional opponent who's the worst divisional opponent to ever have all decade, that'd be worse than the Colts losing last year to the Jags. Literally. Yeah, and was, this team is be way, way better. Worse. That Jags team, that Jags team is a horrible team last year. You know, at the last game of the season, a horrible team. But the stakes are too high. You're at home. You're Aaron Rodgers. It's the Detroit Lions. I don't care how it looks. It's about how it sounds at this point. You gotta you gotta make it for what it is. You know what I mean? And you gotta get this win. By the way, the Heat are winning by ten points. With 53 seconds left, I'm assuming Tyler Hero hits this free throw because he always does, and he did. Boy wonder. Um, so, yeah, we'll get this dub over the Clippers pending any miracles. Uh, but I did want to shout out real quick Tyler Hero on a New Year's Eve game winner. You heard me? Buzzer beater. Three. Didn't even, didn't even need three. Still shot the three because he's just like, you know, that's me. <laughs> like, like he just, he, hey, look, all we need is one. You know, you'd be at LA Fitness and be like, yo, all we need is one. Don't force it. Yo, I'm like, all right, bet. But that was that was a that was a nice sight to see. Um, yo, let's let's go into uh, our players of the week. How about that? I'm gonna start off with mine. And this guy here. I think it's I think it's just appropriate. I think it's just appropriate in all in all stages for me to give the credit where it's due. This guy has had a tough career. Um, you know, somebody who has faced a lot of adversity, somebody who's faced a lot of criticism, a lot of hate from his own fans, um, a lot of questioning are we gonna pay this guy or not? But guess what? The Giants have made the playoffs. So, one, shout-out to the Giants. This is the first time they make the playoffs since 2016. This is when Sterling Shepard and Odell Beckham took that shirtless pick on the boat with the dog emoji uh, caption. You know what I'm saying? So they finally broke that curse. And Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. You, you, can't, you can't say he hasn't done enough for this football team to be in position to be at nine six and one should be at ten six ten and six uh ten and six but they're at nine six and one and they clinch nine of twenty uh, nineteen of twenty four only one hundred seventy seven yards with two passing touchdowns and he ran the ball for ninety one yards so it, this this is more of of a season long time coming award for him but I think it was appropriate for me to recognize you know his his skill set and and what he does and did for this team, specifically this year. I ragged him early offseason. I ragged him in the beginning of the season. I ragged him in four years coming into the season because, you know, he hasn't played great, and and he does a lot of questionable things. And the Giants team was also really uh, poor coached. They were uh, mishandled as far as what they needed in the locker room with personnel. I think they've come a long way. Brian Dable's got them right. And look, you know, when you, when you got the right coaches and, and players around a quarterback, you can see success rather quickly, right? So shout out to Daniel Jones, player of the week for the ATS June pick, all right? But it's January. Ha. Uh, 
That was tough. What you got? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the NFC. I'm gonna move over to the NFC South. And this young man, nine vet. straight seasons. A vet, a Hall of Famer. A thousand yards plus. Not just a thousand. A thousand yards plus. Every season. Mike Evans. Eleven weeks. Longest drought, by the way, with no touchdowns. Comes in this weekend. Ten catches. Two hundred and seven yards. Three of them things. Just amazing work, man. Amazing work. Six touchdowns on the year. Um, I mean, keep it up. That's you know, that's EP's corner right there for that. Uh, for yeah. The and I mean ten receptions, ten receptions on twelve targets, and you mentioned nine thousand yard seasons. This is Brady's third season with him. <laughs> he didn't play his whole career with Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't have quarterback one or a top five quarterback in this league. Like, he's dealt with the Jameis Winstons, right? The Ryan Fitzpatricks. And thankfully now he has a Tom Brady. So, with all that being said, yes. Highly, highly deserving of that player of the week because, listen, I want to point out a crazy stat that I just saw right now. Before uh, you do, 15, though, it's, it's, uh, before you do, it's 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 on the nine thousand yard uh, receptions. The only player with more is Jerry Rice, and that's eleven. Oh wow! He's tied for second place at nine with Tim Brown. <laughs> Yo, I don't know if your stat's crazier than that one, but go ahead. No, it's like, not. <laughs> I was gonna say he's career career nine seasons in fifteen point three yards a recep- uh, per reception. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's a first down and a half every time I touch the ball. And guess what? Coming out of college, when he played with Manziel, we saw that big play productivity he had. And, oh, he's like a, you know, he's a deep ball guy. And I don't know. If, yeah, I knew he'd be good in the league because he's a big physical receiver, like 6'5". Like, come on. But did I think that he'd be able to translate his game to, you know, truly being a wide receiver one on a Super Bowl team? I didn't necessarily see that. But that's Mike Evans. So facts. Yo, you got anything else for us tonight? Uh, yeah, a couple closing notes. Uh, your boy Alex Ovechkin, man, moves up to Ooh. second in all-time goals. Wait, man, wait, so. wait. Shout out to Drake. Shout out to Drake. He said, "I'm just all about my goals, like Ovechkin. I'm just all about <laughs> my goals, like a Messi." And he literally named two goats. One, goats. one that won the World Cup this year, so that was a predetermined bar. Two. And he led the World Cup in goals, right, Messi? Yeah, he did. Tied with Mbappe, or he had the more the most with the penalty. With he had the most. Nah, I think he had more. Yeah, I think he, he had, had more. more. So shout out to Drake for 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 knowing that, and also with the Ovechkin, like bro, this guy is making history. He's one of the best hockey players, if not the best hockey player ever. He's the best hockey player I've ever watched. And dog, the, by the way, the Capitals. Killed the Canadians this weekend, nine two, and Ovechkin got his thirtieth hat trick of his career. So, shouts to just crazy too. Um, Mbappe, man, Mbappe, coming fresh off you know World Cup final, not the result that you know he wanted, I wanted, we wanted. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. Come straight off game winning goal in the ninety. 90- Sixth minute penalty to put him up uh, over Strasbourg, fresh off you know in League One I should say PSG, 
uh, over Strasbourg in League One. Uh, fresh off World Cup final, still putting in work. Shout out to that boy. And uh, my last one, man, is a very close uh, name of ours. That boy, Greg Pullis. Shout out to that boy. That's my shout out for the night. Shout out to Greg Niagara Pullis, man. head coach, man. Team is eight and five, won four out of the last five. They're putting in work right now, man. Shout out to that boy. I didn't even know where he was until this year. So shout out shout to the boys in Niagara. Hey, listen, <laughs> it's, hey, it's 2023. You know, I want to I start this year on a good note. I'm, I'm super grateful that we're still able to record uh, with all circumstances. Um, and I guess I just want to say, you know, shout out to you. Shout out to Kev. Shout out to everybody that, you know, I'm bringing into 2023 with me. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, I think, I think, I think we should take note of that individually, who we've brought into this year with us, what we've left behind last year um, and be proud of ourselves, bro. Like it's not, it's not often that you, you got to stop and give yourself credit or stop and take note and acknowledge things. But um, I think, I think it's important that we do that from time to time. Um, and I'll use new years as the excuse to do it. So uh, just <laughs> being mindful of who I'm bringing with me and who's staying and uh, being proud of that choice. Right. So absolutely appreciate you, bro. Absolutely, man. You already know. Follow us on Twitter at all things sports podcast. Sorry. At ATS pod on Instagram at ATS pod official. All things sports podcast coming soon. Uh, how I said all things sports. ATS Damn, we just fucked that up. Yeah, ATSPod.com. I'm going to cut it anyway, so we're good. You're...